Hello, hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of You'll Never Talk Alone. I'm your host, Alex Level, joined today by longtime listener, first time caller this week, <laughs> this year, actually, first yeah. part of the new year for Zach Osborne. Zach, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Doing good. Good. Very good. Happy to be back. We're happy to have you back. It's been it's been too long. It's been it's been almost a year. Well, you know, in the contract, I'm only required to appear once a month. And currently I'm not even doing that. So I'm probably gonna get fired soon. <laughs> no, you've got the, the Adam Lalana factor of just kind of popping in whenever you can, <laughs> chiming in. Maybe playing a few minutes here or there. So what you're saying is, whenever I feature, you guys say horrible really things angry. about me in the group text. <laughs> but I'm, you've got a separate group text where you complain about my total lack of impact on the direction of the pod. Yeah, we actually got Slack, so we could have a Slack oh, channel devoted dang. just to that. Dang. It's it's uh it's easy to be really happy though when you support a team that's 19 points clear at the top of the Premier League table. Wow. And, uh, so a 2-0 win over West Ham for our game in hand, which is, as many people on this pod have predicted, they were the worst team ever to play the sport, so it's no surprise <laughs> that we beat them. Um, in, in Before that, we had a 2-2 draw with uh, Barry, because I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Don't want to offend anyone on this linguistics podcast. Okay, so and I, I will say, I'll stop you. I, I do try when, I, when I'm when i not on the pod, I try to stay loyal and listen to the episodes in full uh, in a show of solidarity. And I did listen to the Alex Joseph uh, tag team cast where you discussed that match and uh, did a really great crest exam, by the way. Um, Thank you. Yeah. But the one thing I I missed from the discussion, I don't even know what are the two options for pronunciation. Oh. I don't I don't even know. You you guys were so uh, cautious that you that we didn't say either. Yeah. yeah I, well, I, I don't remember. I you know that would be something that we would do on this podcast <laughs> is have a debate about two pronunciations without saying either of them. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So the two options are Shrewsbury and Shrewsbury. Okay. Okay. And I think a lot of it depends on which area of England you're from. And I think the Guardian Football Weekly podcast had about a year's worth of debate about how it's pronounced and never actually settled on anything. Oh wow. So okay. I, we are. Does that mean that we have the authority to finally settle the score? I don't think so. I don't even want to try. I don't. I don't even know. This is just a weird word. Yeah. I think they should change it. I much prefer salop, which is what they had written everywhere and were mm -hmm. chanting. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's just call them salop de plop town. Uh, but cool. we, we drew with them, and before that, a clutch two-one victory over Wolverhampton, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, so with some great results leading to 19 points clear, Zach, it's, it's a lot to unpack, but we can start with Wolves, but we can talk about both matches because they were similar in a lot of ways. What has really stood out to you as we come to the end of this period in the season where we've 
perennially seen us drop points and, and pick up injuries. And here we are just churning along. So what stood out to you? Yeah. Um, just a, a lot of just sort of solid professional performances where the guys are going out and there seems to be an expectation from kickoff to the final whistle that we are going to be the better side. And the only way we're going to drop points is if, if we make mistakes and if we don't play to our full potential and they're going out there with that understanding, these guys are not going to be better than us. It doesn't matter who we face in the league, we will be more talented and we will work harder than them. And the only people who can beat Liverpool are Liverpool at this point. Um, if we manage to, uh, you know, overthink it or, or let off the gas or get a little sloppy. And, and I think we saw against Wolverhampton, we saw a mental lapse, uh, especially in the uh, most of the second half of that match um there, there were large spells where wolves were really outplaying us and i think the guys started to get in their own head and and the the script of that match really started to shift and it felt like okay like maybe the best we can get here is a draw and we'll have to sort of accept that and move on and then of course we came in with the uh the end of the match dramatics as we have done uh, several times this season, you know, Roberto Firmino coming in clutch on the road. Uh, And then, you know, even though we had seen a second half in that match where it felt like wolves were the better side for, for large periods of that at the end of the game, that two, one scoreline where Liverpool still escapes with the three points, it still felt right. It still felt like the appropriate result it felt like we had done what we needed to do to earn those three points put it away and and continue the march on uh and that just you know it it felt really good for us to have to fight uh in a match where a lot of people had that pegged as they're gonna get surprised by wolves on the road Mm -hmm. uh and and if if they're going to lose here's one of the two or three matches we really can identify on the remaining schedule where it feels like this could be the one uh where someone surprises them and they take a loss um the west ham match was a little bit more i don't know if pedestrian is the word uh but west ham never looked up for it uh and i think we played our guys realize we can let off the gas and still comfortably win this. Mm-hmm. So let's just kick it around a lot and just sort of control the pace of this game because we don't really have to play it a hundred percent. So I feel like the West Ham match is a little bit harder to analyze just because I really don't feel like we were quite giving it our all because maybe that's too harsh a criticism, but I, I think you know what I'm getting at there. Yeah, I mean, I think West Ham weren't really up for it is kind of the summation of that club in general. They're just not very good, and right, we had played a lot of matches in in the past few weeks, and we were missing Sadio Mane, and kind of without such a vital part of the machine 
it can be close to 100%, but it, it won't be 100%. So we, we kind of leaned into that in the sense that we could work off of Origi and what he brings when he plays and, and kind of play the match at our own pace. And like you said, the only team that can beat Liverpool is Liverpool. It almost kind of came to pass in that West Ham match when Trent played that, that ball oh, off the yeah. post in his own box. Um, but uh, you're absolutely right. This is the first season, I think it what, was it 125 years or something when a, a team has beaten all other 19 teams in the league. Yeah. Uh, and we did it in record time. And, and you can't really look back at any of those matches except for maybe Wolves at home and say, we, well, we didn't deserve to win that match. Even when we haven't been playing well in some of these matches and had our, our down times and had it tough, we still have played our way to be the better team no matter what. And that that's something that is still taking some getting used to, but we're, we're just ridiculously <laughs> good. And it's always yeah. a matter of when, not if. We're going to win. Even that Wolves match when it was tight, when they scored a nice goal, when it was one to one, when we had to throw in a new signing to make his Premier League debut in one of the hardest places to go in the league. It was always we're going to find a way out of this situation and we're going to win. And it is, it, it was Bobby a lot at the turn of the year, and it was Bobby again bailing us out. That not really bailing us out, but finding the breakthrough and scoring the goal that we were deserved really so uh, yeah it's it's just great and there, i mean there's a reason that we're 19 points clear it's because we we can go through matches like the west ham match where we're just better than them we are better than these teams in every category and we're so far ahead yeah. that we, we don't necessarily have to play near our top speed to just completely blow them off the pitch and it's amazing to see. And there have been some really standout performances in these matches, despite us not looking our very best. And I, I want to call attention to Joe Gomez, because I know we, we've talked oh, a yes. lot about uh, him it, it, over the course of the season, especially early on, where he was not playing well. He looked completely out of it, and he looked like his injuries and time spent on the sidelines were really costing him. So what have you seen change in his game or anything at all change or is he just back to his ordinary finally or to to warrant this transformation from this guy that we were like wow what what really happened to him to wow Joel Matip who was arguably our player the second half of last season should not be seeing the field again because Gomez is so good I mean I I saw or or maybe I heard this from commentators questioning whether Possibly, all of a sudden, Joe Gomez is England's best option at center back. And and I think that's absolutely spot on. I, I think we're really witnessing Joe Gomez flourish into the player that he always had the potential to become. I think Gomez, like, this is the first consistent spell of seeing Gomez be first choice in his best position for any extended length. Uh, of time throughout his whole career that I can really think of at Liverpool. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's been utilized in so many different positions uh, played, you know, is it right back where we always tended to slot him in? Yep. And that never quite fit. It was always um, sort of a desperate measure when that happened. Occasionally he would see play at center back, but was never a part of the consistent first choice pairing, 
you know, trouble with injuries throughout his career. And now finally we see him um, getting a run at it and absolutely excelling, growing into the role, uh, being extremely comfortable on the ball, a rock-solid partner for Big Verge, who's clearly the best in the world at the position. Of course, Verge is playing a part here because he makes everyone look better. But I think it's obvious that that's not all that's happening here. Mm -hmm. This isn't Gomez being mediocre and just being pulled along by the best defender in the world. This is a really adequate and competent and rock solid partner for Van Dyke, who we are watching come into his own and, and possibly claim this role uh, as that partner in the center of defense uh, for, you know, the foreseeable future. It, it sure feels like that's what's happening. Um, it's been awesome to watch because it's been quiet. It, you know, unless mm-hmm. you're really looking for it, uh, it's the kind of thing that could fly under the radar, uh, but it has made a world of difference. This run of games where almost every single match for maybe the past 10 or 12 matches has been a clean sheet, this renaissance that we're seeing with Joe Gomez is definitely a huge part of that. Yeah, and, and yeah, you're absolutely right. It's so understated, but it's so evident when you're really paying attention. Like you see how fast he is in recovery. He's he's almost as fast as Virgil when yeah. you're trying to catch up to somebody and usually succeeding in catching up with somebody. He's incredibly strong. He's got great vision out of the back and he's, he's so much more confident in everything that he's trying to do now that it's all coming off and he's taking care of the basics and not falling prey to some kind of ball watching mistakes. And you just see him doing all the simple things right. And that stand it's so much better than a lot of defenders can do nowadays yeah. is just actually defend, but also attack and, and build up possession and start plays from the back. And he, he's really turning into the complete package. And we always knew he could be that. And we've seen him be at that level before. And we just hope that he can stay fit because that's always been his biggest problem is that every time he gets a huge run of form like this, something terrible happens to one of his legs and he's out for several months. So I, I, it, as of now, it's kind of hard to see anyone who's a better center back. Yeah. That's English. And he probably a guaranteed starter for England at the Euros. And he might have to start up top since all of their strikers are getting injured. I mean, they might be out of people. <laughs> just put him up there because he's so fast. He could get on the end of all sorts of through balls. I mean, Danny Ings deserves a shout at this point, right? Yeah, I, I don't know if goalies will kick it off of him into the goal as much <laughs> as they do in the Premier League. Um, so I don't know if they'll call him up. But, yeah, he's in incredible form. And we'll definitely touch on him as we preview the South yeah, that's right. match, since he's got uh, some some retribution, even though he has nothing mm-hmm. but fond memories for the club. Uh, th- we talked about it a little bit earlier, but Sadio Mane was out, um, and he, he's, he got injured. He's out for this West Ham match, and I think he'll be out for this Southampton match. And it has been kind of glossed over a little bit, and, and this will be kind of a two-part question. Just how many injuries we have, we've we have had over the course of the season I mean, we started off in the very first game losing allison uh since then we've lost most of our center backs for some point in time um we've lost 
Shakiri for most of the season. We've lost Keita for most of the season. We finally we lost Mane. Uh, I, I think so. Well, Salah's definitely missed some time. So one, how big of a miss is Mane going to be? And has do you think he's been a miss in these past few matches? And two, do you see us? How have we coped with this injury crisis in air quotes that we usually deal with over the course of the season? I mean, what has changed into where it's not really affecting us anymore? Yeah, I think uh, the the question, the part of the question specific to to Mane, um, and and what effect this might have. I, I mean, do we know for sure what the timetable seems to be with this injury? It seems like he was pulled for a slight uh, issue, but more precautionary or is that proven not to be true? Um, I think the preliminary assessment that I saw after he was pulled was three matches. And this would be Mm -hmm. the third of those three matches. Yeah. Uh, And additionally, Origi kind of went off a little limpy against West Ham. And when Minamino came on versus Wolves, Klopp said, well, the first thing he did was he felt his calf. And so I think that might have just been from a lack of warm up, but those are two more potential injuries to watch out for. Yeah. I think Mane's absence, um, I think we've dealt with it okay. It's obviously not ideal uh, because, you know, I don't, I don't think that uh, anyone is going to try to argue that removing any piece of our standard front three. Uh, is going to be able to play to the level that Mane, Bobby, and Salah, you know, can can re- the heights that they can reach when they're all firing and they're all playing together. Um, I, I just don't think there's a better front three anywhere in the world. So obviously you're going to miss Mane, but we're also you know hashtag blessed yeah. with. Uh, a, a pretty decent squad, uh, and we've got attacking options, and uh, you don't feel that bad anymore about seeing Arigi come in. You don't you don't feel bad at all about seeing Ox get playing time. Um, we are always all pumped when Navi Keita gets involved. Like I think, I think we're finally seeing. Um, the fruits of our labor when it comes to building a, a deeper squad. Uh, we're seeing um, what, what the, the high level of fitness and conditioning can do when our, our first team guys, our first choice players go down and we're able to bring in players who might not be quite at that level, but they are, they're fit and ready to go and ready to take their chance I mean, I was a doubter when we started the season out with an Allison injury. I really thought that it was going to wreck our season right out of the gate and that we would be playing catch-up for the first portion of the season because of what was going to happen due to that Allison injury. And, and damn it, we persevered. And, (laughs) And, like, I think that injury set the tone, the way we dealt with that injury with 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 Adrian Adrian uh, being a definitely not on the same level as Allison type of player, but in in an entirely like serviceable and competent backup who could fill the role for the time we needed it to fill the role. And, and luckily didn't do anything that was a huge detriment to our progress. Right. And like, 
like sometimes uh, that description of Adrian doesn't make him, it's not e- extremely flattering, but like sometimes that's what you need. And I feel like we've been doing that with our injuries all throughout the course of the season, like getting what we need out of the replacement for the time we need them and then bringing our first team guy back and, and pressing on. And it's like, clearly that's a lot of like, uh, you know, work that's been done from the transfer committee to Klopp's influence to the, you know, training that happens where everyone from the first team down through the squad is at that level of fitness and ready to contribute. I don't know. It just feels like a very complete project all coming together where we're able to call on these people when we need them and and just continue to not drop points regardless of, of who we have to send in. It's kind of, it's kind of remarkable because it's so much not something we've seen from, from Liverpool. I don't know. In the entire time I've been a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, goalkeeper has always been, and you know better than anybody, as a <laughs> resident goalkeeper evangelist. It's been such a problem position for us. And Adrian has been almost better than some of the people we've had starting for yeah. probably the most of the past decade. Uh, and he's not been like top goalkeeper Allison level, like you mentioned, but he's gotten there and he's gotten the job done when we've needed him. Uh, I mean, he had a kind of a rocky start last time we played Southampton where he kicked it yeah. off of Penny Ings into the goal. But then he his next match was a European Super Cup, and he won it <laughs> in penalties. Yeah, he did. He did. And, and then he was asked to come on when Allison got sent off against our beloved Brighton, and that was a weird goal, and I don't really put all the blame on him for that. But <laughs> most of the time, he has stood up to the challenge, and he, the team support him. He, you can definitely tell in kind of his – online presence that he very much feels a part of the club even if he's just the backup goalie and the people trust him even if things don't go well they're always there to back him and the the back line doesn't completely lose its minds when things don't go their way if he if something happens back there but i mean he has made some incredible saves and this is probably a good segue into the knott's berry farm match is that we (laughs) uh that's that's my cover-up for right now there you Uh, go he made a lot of saves against against them and if he he was one of the few goalkeepers that we've seen to keep the cum dog out of the out of the goal for a hat trick at least but it ended up being a 2-2 draw but with him being probably our best player so i i don't know how much of that match you were able to see but zero zero so you didn't really (laughs) miss much (laughs) It, it was terrible but i mean without him back there we lose that match more than likely. He, they had six or seven, like one, just attacker on the goalkeeper, one v one, and he came wow. up with some huge saves. Yeah, I, I, we were incredibly sloppy, and it, it, it showed yet again we had a bit of an injury crisis with Lovren, Matip, and Fabinho all working their way back from injury and looking like they hadn't played in a long time. It was really sloppy, but. It, even when we weren't playing well, he was there to keep us in the competition. And, and we have the replay during the supposed off week, uh, which Klopp has said that he won't be there 
None of the first team will be there. The U23's <laughs> mm-hmm. manager is going to take over, and it's going to be a bunch of kids. So it, do you think that's the right decision, or do you think he's disrespecting the Cup, or do you think everyone else just needs to get over it and, and realize that the FA Cup isn't what it was, and we have uh, some bigger fish to fry in terms of the league and the Champions League? I get why it bothers people. Like I can take a step back and 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 understand, but I also think in the context of our season right now, it makes total sense. And yeah. I don't and like I'm not bothered by it. And I think that Klopp has earned the right to make a decision like this that's gonna rub some people the wrong way. And as a fan who has complete trust in this manager, I'm not gonna question it. I, I get it. And there are obviously multiple competitions that everyone from the fans all the way up to the manager and the owners should care about more than this replay in the FA Cup. So I support it. Yeah, I completely support it. And you you can see a lot of other managers supporting it as well. I mean, this was supposed to be the the off week, the week of rest for the league. Um, that they worked into the schedule because there's 500 games in four days over the New Year and Christmas period, and then they go and schedule games during that week yeah. off. So you you can't, and that's what Klopp was saying is that I have factored my season preparations, I built it around this off week, and I'm not going to change that because we got a draw when we weren't really trying that hard. Uh, so I, I and it's it's going to be great experience for the youngsters. Uh, I can see it going a little bit better than when those same group of rascals played against Aston Villa in the League Cup, just because the opposition isn't won't be as good. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll probably play a strong team, but it's it's not the same level. So it'll be a good test for them, and it'll be nice for them to get some super competitive minutes, and, and it'll be a chance for potentially players like Curtis Jones if he stays behind unless he's with the first team for that time uh, and players kind of on the edge uh, of the youth teams and the first teams. And then our other new signing, Joe Hardy, which I think has just been signed to be a U23 striker. We might get to see him. He's already started okay. scoring. Uh, we'll see Harvey Elliott attempt some more ridiculous bicycle I was going to say, Jesus. I mean, <laughs> and like the, 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 traditional descriptor bicycle kick doesn't do that gold justice yeah he like whipped <laughs> his entire body it was it was it was, it was like a, a, a like a scorpion kick yeah. it was, it, it was, i don't know we need a new term for what harvey elliott did a ka-chow or like a flap <laughs> i think batman sound effects are the only thing that could do it justice really with how hard he hit that and how well he hit it yeah yeah and so it'll be nice to see players like that uh, get some time. Um, and as long as the first team doesn't go to a warm weather training camp in Marbella, I think our season will be in, in good shape because that I have seen a lot of people say the only thing that can stop Liverpool is a warm weather training camp in Marbella. <laughs> and I think that's absolutely true because we always play like crap whenever we go there. Oh, that's funny. I've never, I've never made that connection. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember where I heard it, but it's true. It's, it's, it's very accurate. Uh, but before we go on break, 
and bef- we have to play a team that's not from Spain but is from the coast, and that is Southampton, featuring our old friend Danny Ings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach, how are you feeling going into this match? Because they've been in a lot better form. Surging, I mean, they, they yeah. Rogers boys a couple weeks ago, and they're, yeah, they're surging. They're scoring wonder goals. Like everything they've they've touched has gone upper ninety or back post in some laser beam fashion so are are you feeling confident nervous do you think anything about this could be a banana skin um i mean all all of this is true uh southampton has turned it around they no longer seem in danger of relegation whereas at one time it felt like almost a certainty so props to them uh and and of course danny ings is in great form and i feel like we're all celebrating that because he's a great guy and a great player and deserves success. With all of that being said, it's not really a fixture that I'm worried about on paper. Um, Given that it's at home, I feel like I'd be more concerned if we were playing uh, this Southampton team with this run of form on the road, I might be a, mm-hmm. a, a tad bit more nervous, but I feel like at Fortress Anfield, we should be able to handle the business with relative ease. They may surprise me and prove me wrong, but that's kind of how I'm feeling going into this. I agree. It, it should be kind of tough, but like we said earlier, it's not really a matter of if, it's more of a matter of when we're good enough to beat them we're good enough to score multiple goals on them even without someone like Sadio Mane even working players back into the lineup uh, I mean Ox scored he's back into mm-hmm. form he's really coming back into his own we've got great attacking options either way uh, we we won't have to rest anybody for an FA Cup match they can go all out before the week of rest I, I think this this matchup comes at a good time for us um, and they they're tough, but we're tougher. Uh, it, it, we, we've come a long way from them being our youth academy. That joke yeah. doesn't really apply anymore. We're, now we're that's, uh, that's Salzburg now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we only drink Red Bull. We don't, we don't drink any – I don't know what a Southampton drink is, but that's what we don't drink anymore. Uh, so it, it's great. I think we're going to win this one pretty comfortably. But, Zach, if you had to put a score prediction to this, how, how are you feeling – quantitatively uh i'd probably either say three nil or perhaps three one if something crazy happens something along those lines yeah i could see that i think they will only score if joe gomez doesn't play like like you mentioned Mm, his mm. clean sheet record is absurd yeah so if it's virtual and joe gomez i don't think they score I, I, I could see it kind of going a lot like the the West Ham match where we never really go into full stride, but it never really looks like we're in danger unless it's one of our fullbacks trying to kick it out for a corner. So I, I'm thinking a 2-0 win uh, with All goals right. from Salah. And then maybe Vinamino comes on and gets his first goal for the club. Just because ah, that would be a wonderful match for him to do that. Uh, so, listener, let us know your thoughts. Hey, before we sign off, can I ask you a Minamino question? You can. As, as the resident closest thing we have to a Minamino <laughs> expert on the pod, um, I've seen a lot of uh, 
reporting on Minamino where uh, his own sort of um, post-match analysis of his performances, he seems a little down on himself or a little, uh, maybe I would read it as almost a little too harsh on himself given where he's at currently. Do you think that's just because he is legitimately disappointed in his performances thus far? Or is this like a cultural difference in the way maybe like his work ethic or something about sort of the, the way in which he's seeing this, uh, his level of development? Is this how you would kind of expect him to talk about his development as a Liverpool player so far? Uh, I, it's probably a little bit of both, honestly. I'm guessing he expects a lot of himself uh, and has just been drilled into always looking to be better. Uh, and his his first few performances, well, they, they've kind of come in, in very tough situations, so he hasn't really shown that much. Like, right. uh, I mean, it, it was a tough environment to go into to play Wolves away as a, a, a first-half sub. And then in the match against Knott's Berry Farm, he he never really got any service because he was just surrounded by a group of children and people coming back from injury. So we didn't really play to his strengths. So that's probably tough. He went from being a, a crucial part of Jesse Marsh's Salzburg to coming in, and he, he knew what he was in for. But it is a big change to go from a key player to a, a bit of a bit part player or adjusting or trying to fit in. And I'm sure – you can see in his interviews that he said, I want to be a part of this team. I want to play. I want to help. I came here. This is a dream come true, and I want to seize it with both hands. So I think there's a bit of that. Uh, but like you said, it, it could potentially be just uh, something that has been – that is part of his playing culture and potentially part right. of uh, an environment that he was raised is to always be very particular and very – harsh and i i think i i've learned some things from work that they're there it is a sign of respect to you as the quote-unquote expert when someone gives you a bunch of harsh feedback because they know you're the expert and they know that you will take that and use it to become better and become more of an expert yeah. maybe he is doing a bit of that to himself in the sense that i he knows he's very good but he has to be critical on himself to always know that he's better I don't know if that was a good explanation of that kind of the way that it's done um, in some Japanese business culture um, for sure. But you can tweet at us at YNCA podcast. If you'd like a, a, a more in-depth explanation of that kind of <laughs> etiquette. But yeah, I think it's a, a partially just still taking time to adjust coming from one of the, the peaks of his career. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, somewhat of a professional culture of being hypercritical when someone is considered an expert or a, like a very proficient in something. That was uh, that was, that was great stuff. I appreciate your insight on the matter. No, no problemo. Actually it learned about that fairly recently. So I have, hopefully I explained it well enough to understand. Absolutely. And if I didn't, again, you can let us know at YNTA Podcast. You can leave a review on your podcast service of choice as long as it's five stars. If it's not five stars, we'll track down your IP address and we'll do something to your account. We'll post. Yeah, we'll plug into the mainframe. We'll hack the system. <laughs> we'll tear down the firewall. Yeah. 
We've seen the net starring Sam. No, we know no it. one is safe. Oh, <laughs> uh, please don't track us down. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of You'll Never Talk Alone. Zach, thank you for joining us. We hope to have you back very soon. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, we, we've missed you. you these you, these little casual uh, little chats that you and I get to have every now and then, I feel like occasionally I say, yeah, I can record, and then it ends up being just me and you, and it's always just a pleasure. And, and it's not just coincidence either. I can reveal my secret plan. It's just been my plan to get you and I alone. Oh, just nothing. like... Just one-sided internet dates where we only discuss one very niche topic (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) cool cool super like oh yeah all right that'll do it for us as always andrew sign us off he's bowling y'all he's he's bowling with his friends tonight so Go get them. Get a turkey. <laughs> <laughs>